0: hardly noticed you come in. I suppose you were running a bit late for your appointment, but that's okay. I always leave room in my schedule for a little bit of punishment, because you've been very, very fucking bad. Welcome to Riverdews and River Don'ts. <laughs> a podcast about the CW teen drama, Riverdale, where every time we watch an episode, we talk about our river, do our favorite thing about the episode, we talk about our river, don't our least favorite thing about the episode, and our weekly weird, the thing about the episode. That really leaves us scratching our head. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 16, Chapter 51, Big Fun, directed by Maggie, Kylie, and written by Tessa Lee Williams. I... I'm the owner of this office, Quinn. I sure am, Rob, folks. I'm Arlie. And this week, we are talking about the episode where they do Heather's The Musical.
1: As previously foretold by one Cheryl Blossom.
0: And... (sighs) fuck yeah i gotta say that's high level summary of the episode fuck
1: yeah <laughs> hardly well, anything kind of more needs way. to be said but the audience has come to expect us actually saying what happens in the episode so
0: i feel i must fall on this sword uh, yeah let's let's get into it i guess
1: not waste very many seconds not doing musical numbers from Heather's The Musical in this one. As the cold open of the show is Mayor Hermione Lodge objecting to the school putting on a musical about teen violence and suicide. And Kevin's counter argument is, of course, doing a song to show that the
0: lyrics are actually quite hopeful. And my first note of the episode is I'm already tired of this. Kevin starts singing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thunderdome is mentioned for the second time in this fucking season. Because Thunderdome appears in the lyrics of a Heather's song, I guess. Just a lot of funny little dink there. But also, the kids just do choreographed dance steps as Hermione Dude, awkwardly follows the action through the school.
2: This shit had me busting a gut, I swear to God. The, the, the combination of these particular outfits and this particular choreography... There's there's a there's a girl in this group of students who's wearing like a very flowy short that I thought was a really short skirt, and in my first thought wasn't like, oh that shirt is, that skirt is too short. It was like, what is going on with that garment? What how did you get a skirt that short and how is it staying in place? It was shorts. Um but that that was my only thought while I was watching this, uh, because it was so bizarre that I couldn't form any other thoughts. So except about the shorts.
0: This is also where it's th- the episode immediately starts getting really muddy, um, with like the the form of like reality or musical they're playing with here. Oh yeah. So I feel like the um like the world logic of the Carrie episode was more coherent in terms of the way the musical numbers play out. But you're gonna find here that across the different numbers, characters are appearing as themselves as the characters that they are going to be playing in the musical Heathers, even when they're not on stage, and as some sort of like primordial archetypal ooze that uh, (laughs) crawled into the booth and got auto-tuned.
1: Yes, this is definitely, uh, structurally, you would define this episode as ooze like we think okay it's very weird the kids are doing choreographed dance steps hermione's sort of like trying to follow the action of the song through the halls of the school and that part that's what we're doing
0: is at least coherent in terms of what you expect from a musical like of course there's right, going to be choreographed dancers they're talking about like the the emotional reality it's it's heightened you're not really supposed to understand this sure, sure, is literally sure. happening
1: but then and then veronica yes because Veronica picks up the next verse of this song over at Pops. Ooh, hold
0: on. I gotta say, when we cut to Pops, we see a sign on the door of Pops that says, Help Wanted, Bouncer.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're doing a musical, but the musical is about wanting to do the musical from which the musical songs are taken. It makes sense if you're stupid. <laughs> Veronica puts up a wanted sign regarding the opening left by Reggie's departure, as Quinn intimated. Uh, but yeah, we're doing songs from Heathers in a musical about wanting to perform Heathers. Because we're already in musical mode, like the kids already know choreography and are singing about
0: shit. Right, it's very strange. It's so weird! Um, my next note is, everybody sounds like hog shit. (laughs)
1: Should we address the, the hog in the room, I guess? It sounds
0: so bad. And this happened last time. Like, even the people on the cast who can sing... We have evidence that they can sing. Aren't, and I guess things sound less, like, tinny or flaky than they did in, in the Carrie episode, but they don't sound good either. No, no, it's so compressed. It's
1: so auto-tuned. Like... It has a more robust uh, harmonic profile than the previous, but, like, it still sounds super fake and weird. Like, like Archie and Josie have, like, seldom sounded worse. Again, like, literally... And they can
0: sound okay. Literally the people who we know can sing are having their voices butchered. And Madeline Petch, the show I haven't heard her sing outside of the context of Riverdale... Her showing with the last musical with Carrie was not impressive. And so it is kind of wild to me that they decided to hang this whole thing on her shoulders. To a degree, yeah. And I
1: mean certainly the what can pass for a story happening here is about her a lot. As well. So it, it it is a little bit of a like, alright, this is what you're doing, I guess. Uh, Jar Chasing cute silly at each other, and Bughead do a spoken aside about Jughead's plan to destroy his mother before taking up their own chorus. I will give a crumb of praise to this opening number though, because Hermione has a spoken interjection of, are all of you this
2: miserable? That fucking and it's me fucking out. great. It's so well, good. That was genuinely really funny. Um I also it was was funny because like, yes, teenagers are in fact this miserable. Well,
0: my response to that in my notes was, I am fuck off. And again, I, I have to uh, I have to drive this home for people. I am a musical respecter. This isn't me not liking the form of, of the musical. I think that this rubs me the wrong way because I like musicals. It gets under my yeah. skin so bad.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Like, it's Riverdale treating a thing that you like the way it treats everything, and that's really rough. They just, they really go for it, folks with this number, and by the time this moving zombie outbreak style spread of a musical number makes it to the auditorium stage, in that time, no one is their actual characters anymore. There are lyrics that establish character dynamics between different characters in this song, and we literally just go, eh, close enough.
0: Reggie shows up, and he's like, in character, but I'm like, is this about Reggie? Or is this about the character he's playing whose name I can't remember? Like, but we basically
1: jam the characterization from Heather's the Musical into the best fit roles in the Riverdale cast. And we're like, this is who these people are now. And it happens during this opening number. To be fair. Except
2: then the continuity is not kept later on in the episode. And it sucks. And I feel like they on purpose chose a musical in which one of the characters' names is Veronica just to- do the thing that they do later in the episode. Anyway, um, that's my bit about that. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, it's really funny to me as they get to the point of getting to the stage, because every time Evelyn is there, like, doing dancing and stuff, I'm like, she looks so out of place. This is so <laughs> weird. Like, she looks like she walked in from another show. What is going on? She is not that's on so the cool. same wavelength as everyone else.
1: At rehearsal which is an interesting thing to do after you already have everyone off-book and choreographed. But again, this is a musical about wanting to do a musical where you use songs from the musical you want to do. Kevin announces that Evelyn is co-directing, and dramatis personae are awkwardly exposited to the audience. Oh, and Tony Topaz will be doing the already-completed choreography, much to Cheryl's chagrin.
0: Also, it's really weird. They're going around, everyone sits down, and they do character introductions before they introduce Tony. And they're doing it like they're at an AA meeting, and it's super weird.
2: God, it was so fucking funny, though. I I had the exact same feeling. I don't remember who it is that goes first, but I think it might be, like, Fangs. Mm-hmm. He's like, hi, I'm Fangs, and I'm playing so-and-so. And I really expected everyone to go, hi, Fangs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, bummed that they did Like, I said it out loud, and I was bummed that no one else said it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a real missed opportunity. Evelyn uses rehearsal as a blatant lever to learn people's vulnerabilities in order to help indoctrinate them. Love it. It's uh, It's very creepy and gross.
2: <laughs> Tell me your deepest traumas right now. <sighs>
1: Cheryl insists that she's got her choreography handled as the Choney feud continues. This evolves quickly into another number, which is also a dance oh. battle between the cast cast of the musical and an army of peepee. So, <laughs> yeah, so...
2: It's never not funny to me. First
0: thing.
1: It's never not going to be what I say. So that's good news for you.
0: (laughs) First thing that hit me with this scene was, wait, they're already doing dress rehearsals? That seemed very strange.
1: But time is a flat circle more than usual. And that's
0: like, that's me being a little bit nitpicky. But what comes next isn't nitpicky. When I say we were talking about the strange muddled character of the way that they're presenting the musical form here where Mm -hmm. it's it's not consistent um line to line if someone is singing about themselves or the character that they're playing or some like bigger thematic idea and it's really strange because this leads off as mostly being about cheryl as the heather that she is
2: Uh until tony
0: shows up and then tony's like i'm singing this about tony i don't even have a character in the play except apparently she does we learn that later she just had a character but they never talked about (laughs) it yeah she's the choreographer they don't talk about her being on the cast and then she just sort of is isn't anyway so like at this point the understanding is she's not even on the cast she comes in they start doing like this this dueling singing thing and so, like, it it shifts, it, like, pulls Cheryl out of her frame in a way that was yeah. disorienting, especially because it didn't feel like the shift in frame was as solidly communicated for Cheryl and her group of people. Like, the context had changed, but I didn't feel like I was watching them, like, react or shift like the the character or like the, the space that they were inhabiting, it was very, very uh confusing to me to watch.
1: Yeah, it was super disorienting and it devolves into them sort of pushing into each other's way and aggressively bending over at each other.
0: Yeah, they're uh, they're trying to clap their butts at each other to show um to make the most <laughs> sound. <laughs> <To> show dominance
1: <laughs> It's like about fight o'clock at the uh female baboon enclosure in here <laughs> like it's bad
0: also madeline patch is not delivering this vocal performance
2: no i i love her and she does a lot of things well but singing is not no like,
0: of them. she has so many strengths she carries this show sometimes this season i think a little less unfortunately because of what they've been doing to her character but she she's been an absolute gem she's like a cornerstone of the cast of the of the production of this thing
1: yeah shit if they if they made her fp's sidekick for some plot line like that would save the show
2: however that'd be so fucking cool <laughs>
0: <laughs> Singing is not one of her strong suits, and so it's really- And they make her do it all the time! It's really frustrating the way they centered her in this episode, like I was saying before, because it just doesn't- it doesn't work for me.
1: Ugh. Betty confronts Evelyn about the obvious thing that she's obviously doing. Evelyn's wearing a goddamn The Farm shirt at rehearsal, yep. <laughs> which is very normal.
2: I uh, It strikes me as, like, a weird band shirt.
1: Evelyn intends uh, a dessert-first method for cast parties at The Farm. This will definitely also be normal.
0: So, yeah, the the farm, I guess, just bought the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Yeah, I guess. Um, with
2: Betty's money. With Betty's money. Very normal. Um,
0: and they've converted it into a chill hangout space for cool teens.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. We need more of those because we definitely don't use them to make a bunch of terrible storylines that go nowhere. We definitely need two to accommodate some more uh, important plot development. FP's dealing with a string of pharmaceutical robberies. Oh, and their fucking mobile home got stolen.
2: And he's just like, eh. Yeah, he's like, eh.
1: There are more things in heaven and earth, my son. It reminds me. Boy. Boy.
0: boy. It reminds me of this scene in Vampire's Kiss, uh, an old Nicolas Cage movie in which he believes he's turning into a vampire. where uh, From which
1: the famous meme face comes. Yeah. Uh, that's the important part. But
0: he's talking to Ooh. his therapist about like i think he he believes that he murdered someone and his therapist just sort of casually goes people die in this city every day and it had the exact same energy when they're like oh your old home just got stolen and there's a bunch of uh pharmacy break-ins doesn't this seem like maybe someone's trying to go like walter white on it and he's like yeah whatever
2: did <laughs> Alice have a really similar thing, um, but specifically about death, where, like, someone committed suicide or something, and Alice was like, eh, people die all the time. I think so,
0: yeah, people die in the city every day.
2: And it's just (laughs) like, uh, yeah, but that's not the point. That's not the takeaway from this.
1: Very, very wild. Uh, I want some of whatever FP has, uh, in terms of the calm. Hiram and Hermione tell Veronica that they are separating. Hiram appears to know that Hermione screwed him over and sold the drug
0: empire while he was in the hospital. This plotline is very strange to me for some reasons. High, high among them is the way that... I, I don't understand Veronica's investment in her parents' relationship. I don't get it at all because they've like she's had a
1: front row seat to them being like unbelievably horrible to each other over and over and
0: over again and to her yeah every time i see that she's still living in the pembroke i get confused because it doesn't make sense no. um like she's been feuding and like shitting at Hiram this entire season because he's yep. a petty criminal and like i know that i brought this up when she was all weird about like oh my god is someone trying to kill my dad and like getting really defensive of Hiram, despite the fact that he's done a lot of horrible criminal shit. This is just amplifying that a lot for me. It, it's even weirder. in the It same makes way. more
2: sense in the other scenario because, like, it, despite all of his shit, people still like feel like they have an obligation to give a shit about their family members, whatever. Right. And that was a life or death situation. But this is not. This is just. This is just divorce. People get divorced in this city every, every day. day.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we then do a song that I assume is called Big Fun." Okay, uh Which takes... Oh, go ahead.
0: Hiram leaves, right? And then uh, Veronica and Hermione have the talk where she's like, okay... Yeah, I, he knows about what happened with me selling the stuff while he was in the hospital. Um, and I'm thinking at this point, like, because Hermione ends the conversation with, go have fun with your friends. Um, and maybe this is a a me thing, but especially based on the reaction that she was giving, like, the emotional state that she showed herself to be in. Mm-hmm. I would not have gone to that cast party personally.
1: No. I would
0: have stayed the fuck home.
1: Yeah, it was a very, like, there were some pretty big, like, negative sing- signals happening
2: yeah i was a little worried about hermione
1: i was pretty worried about multiple murder plots yeah um but... oh wait
0: till we get to talking about the murder that's that shit sent yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> uh
1: we then go to another musical number which i assume is called big fun and it takes place in a fucking crypt or something it took me a long time to realize that this was like some like the sisters of quiet mercy mm-hmm. set just like redone Uh, and I was like, why the fuck are all these kids here? Oh, okay, so the farm bought the sisters of Quiet Mercy with Betty's money. Right, right, right. Uh, Reggie and Veronica kiss, but at this point, to me, it was impossible to tell whether this is musical magic or actually in the story of Riverdale yes very yeah this is confusing this
2: is the bit where they're like haha her name's veronica there's a character named veronica ha. ha, ha, ha. That's, there's a that's lot what it felt of like me uh,
1: this song uh really amused me because there's a lot of people saying dang dang diggity dang a dang yeah in the song and then uh also worth noting is that when it's winding down it has like that um Kind of Disney esque end of a fun song, like where everybody sort of collapses into giggles at mm-hmm. the end, is the way that the yeah. song ends, right? And there's some guy. It's just eighty in, You don't see who says it, but some guy says, "Woo hoo hoo! All right!"
2: Someone else says something like, "Let's go!" or some shit like that. But the the way he says,
1: "Woo hoo hoo! All right!" it was like the yeah. weirdest line delivery. It made me it made me die a little bit. Woo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> All
2: right. Um it
0: was
2: so stupid. There was some it. weird stuff going on in that scene. this this whole
0: scene I I did not like. I did not like this Sam I Am.
2: Oh, doesn't Evelyn also give them all like jello oh, well, shots of oh, something? Oh, of course uh, she, she is gives,
1: trying very hard to get people high and sh- Kevin uh, She gives does, Kevin a fucked uh, up brownie.
2: Yeah, yeah like a shroom brownie and she's we, like we discovered organic mushrooms in here and he's yeah. like okay and then drink some water by. with this
0: i dropped a few uh, fat tabs of butter in here if you know what i'm talking yeah, about if you know go what I'm drink talking some about water now. um enjoy the ride she's like
2: <laughs> this not- is
1: an international brownie because of all the postage right um veggie smashing was canon we find and we discover uh, also that kevin is like hallucinating like midge murdered like except still alive impaled on walls it's real bad
0: uh this is also going to be important because my notes are they're developing like a confusion here where i i thought it was clear that Um, Reggie and Veronica broke up and then we talked about how we weren't sure about this and my notes are like okay I guess they're fine and then in the next scene we're gonna find some stuff out that like I guess they weren't it's super weird yeah
1: it's so weird they just they just bobble it back and forth so much for no reason at a subsequent rehearsal Evelyn continues to be desperately thirsty for exploitable trauma uh, and encourages the cast to dig, dig, diggity, dig a dig, if you will, deep. Uh, Kevin and Fangs really. just blurt out that they're haunted by Midge's death and/or her ghost, and Evelyn couldn't be more pleased. She's so fucking happy that that's happening. She to people. almost literally says, "Okay, now kiss." Yeah. <laughs> An improbable cascade of largely unmotivated personal revelations follows. Everyone's just like, yeah, I, I love telling Evelyn my secrets. It's great. Jarchi mm-hmm. being public is not Josie's favorite thing, apparently. Josie doesn't seem to view them as a long-term thing or a long-term possibility. Veggie, meanwhile, is also in trouble, as Veronica is just using the relationship to feel better about her parents' split and admits it, which Reggie is not fucking interested in.
0: Which,
2: I mean, at least she's straight up about it. Sort of. Kind of. As straight up as Veronica has been in several episodes. E-
0: right. But which character deploys the line, lonely souls, just lonely souls filling the void? I that was Archie
1: uh, hoping that that was not what jerky okay. was. Yeah. He forgot he wasn't Jughead for a second. We then get a banger of a line from Cheryl, though, because she sees Evelyn sort of spying on her and says, what's your damage, child of the corn? <laughs> which... That's yeah.
2: that's a, an actually halfway decent reference. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> in like, the context, she, she gives off she gives off that vibe very powerfully. It's accurate. It's a it's a Stephen King reference to make <laughs> Nicole Ostow terribly jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Tony is wearing red, which is an unforgivable sin in the eyes of Cheryl Blossom as of right fucking now, uh, and she kicks Tony out of Riverdale High—a thing students I, can do. Uh,
2: yes,
0: I, I was deeply, deeply confused by this. Until the music started playing, at which point in my notes I said, of course this is a setup for a song. (laughs) Motherfuck.
1: What Tony does get here is a soliloquy song about being extremely horny at the prospect of her own imminent death. I think that like... There's some philosophy written about that. This is the
2: point at which I start yelling at the TV.
1: The choreography includes exceptionally violent crotch chop. like It looked like it had some real impact. It'll bruise you. Oh, there are
2: some fucking hair whip sound effects. Mm Mm-hmm. They're they're throughout the episode, but they're especially egregious in this portion.
1: Uh, Peaches from the peepees and sweet tea (sighs) nearly get invited to make some sort of bejeweled food pyramid with Tony. Uh, but on she gets the cold stage feet in
0: and the theater, off. right? My yes. my notes say on stage sex
2: party. Yeah, um, I was I was yelling at my TV at this point, and for some reason, when the camera cuts to Sweepy in his tank top and boxers, <laughs> I just fucking <laughs> lost what? my shit. I was like, Sweepy, what are you doing? What's funny? What are you doing?
0: What's funny to me is the actor's not a child, but the way he's like. The clothes that he's wearing, his posture, everything about the him... he stands there, he looks like he's
2: ten! Yeah, you, you yeah, look at him like...
1: Supreme <laughs> lack of confidence, it's amazing.
2: Like, it's so funny! Oh my god,
0: he's a child.
2: It's so funny! <laughs> good job, Jordan Connor. Uh, yeah. Excellent job looking like a fucking dweeb. Uh,
1: <laughs> it was real good. Congratulations. It, that is definitely the funniest and best part of this whole deeply uncomfortable situation. Oh
2: man, and... I don't even know what to think about peaches. I just, I think, I thought that her little, like, sports bra with stars on it was very, that was also very funny to me for some reason. Um, Yeah. mm -hmm. I think it's one of those, like, if I don't laugh about it, I'm going to cry sort of things. And so there were a lot of things that were, like, unreasonably funny to me in this episode.
1: Meanwhile, at the Funker, Bughead discuss an (laughs) upcoming closed rehearsal for select cast only. That sounds like a cult ritual. Yes. On which Betty intends to spy, Evelyn leads a musical cult ritual in which Kevin and Fangs seem to become a thing. Very normal. Um, it was really
0: weird because <laughs> it comes out of nowhere whatsoever and she she marries them. She gets them married.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. she, she gets them
2: cult married. <laughs> she really does do now kiss.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: fuck uh Jarchi then also does a musical reconciliation which is like one of the only things that's not emotionally upsetting in this episode yep.
0: i i fucking love the next scene though
1: are you talking about the principal weather i'm talking scene? about the principal God. weatherby
0: scene yes Betty approaches uh, uh. Principal
1: Weatherby with photographic evidence of the cult ritual, which he plays off as merely a rehearsal, revealing that he's a farm freak now.
0: <laughs> it's really fucking funny because she's like, look at all this fucked up shit. And Weatherby responds by going, "Lamau, that rules. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is that's exactly know. what they do. Holy fuck, that's, that is what they yeah, do. Yeah,
0: that's just totally sick lol.
1: Oh my god, yes, that is the precise energy. And like this dude, this dude who's playing Weatherby, I I don't know if I can pinpoint the exact time, but friends and lovers, he don't care. He brings
2: insane energy to the table. He does not care. He has
1: extremely chaotic, unhinged energy, and it happened sometime this season. I don't remember exactly when, but my god, his transformation is complete. (laughs)
0: He does some incredible acting with his glasses in this scene. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just, I feel like he's decided that um, he he just uh, will make Weatherby the weirdest, creepiest man alive.
1: Yeah, he's, he he's in well. on the bit. He's in on the bit with Cole and Lily for oh, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's their third musketeer yeah. at this point. Like, a lot of people are still trying. He is not. No. And it's awesome. It's very funny.
2: I just, he really just said, ha nice. He did. And <laughs> that was fine. That's the
0: scene. So funny. That's your scene, it was, folks. It was great to me. That was. It was really fucking good. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a nothing scene. So, like. The fact that they put it in there at all is really funny, and Weatherby's just entire... He just does, like, the
1: rhetorical equivalent of just, like, sticking his tongue out and bugging his eyes out and going... (laughs) It's it's very good. He goes into goblin mode. Uh, So... Tony attempts a reconciliation of her own with Cheryl. Uh, What are we even fighting about is a quote from that. And yeah, that's a really good fucking question, ladies. Jughead then angsts somewhat about his childhood home being a drug lab now. And Betty tries to comfort him in song. So we get some dueling musical I love
0: yous going on. Then Tonsils calls it in. Who? Tonsils. I'm gonna ask again, who? (laughs) Tonsils, he called it in.
2: Oh God! I'm gonna need some help. Uh, is that another serpent? name? That yeah.
0: that's how they transition Jesus into Christ. the the drug trailer thing.
1: Oh, yeah, my Betty. God. Betty thinks Jughead maybe shouldn't get revenge. Like she's got some some reservations about this whole thing. Hiram tells Veronica the real reason for the divorce is that Hermione has tried to have him killed twice.
2: Well, can you uh, blame her? And
1: and
0: that the family is no longer a thing because of the broken. Okay, trust. hold on. Hold on, because this is where... um, Right, right, okay. So we didn't really talk about what was actually happening in the Dong trailer. Um, My my notes say Jug's trailer is a Dong lab now. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is something that was really funny to me. I don't know if you noticed this piece of set dressing, but as Betty and Jughead are moving through the scene, (laughs) as I guess a piece of the cover of the drug lab, they've just hung an American flag outside. Like along mm-hmm. the side of the trailer,
1: maybe this is a commentary on the American Dream. Could be,
0: uh, and then Kevin also explains literally why they're doing this song at this specific moment.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, so you know, Lodge family very broken. Veronica, then of course, gets her rehearsal solo right
0: there, mm-hmm. which is conveniently about being very lonely and sad. Oh my, so, and Kevin just like tears Veronica to pieces. <laughs>
2: rips are a new one for no fucking reason.
0: He's like, I understand this song. I was about to tell you about how your character is going through this deep period of horrible, existential, unknowable like ball draining pain, but you're already there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it looks like you got that covered, so let's just go. (laughs) Also,
0: in that that scene with Hiram and Veronica where he's talking about how Hermione had to kill him twice, it's really weird. (laughs) Sorry. That's a very good way of phrasing. I love it. It's
2: very good. (laughs) Please continue. It's
0: very weird to me, right? Because Hiram's entire energy, it feels like he's being framed in the wrong. He reminds me of my piece of shit dad a lot in the way that he's delivering this stuff. But also... I don't think he's wrong to be upset that his wife tried to have him knocked off. Tried twice. to have him murdered multiple times.
2: Yeah, no, like the, I feel like there's a reasonable thing to be upset about, even if he kind of deserved it. Right,
0: and even if he might have done the same thing to his wife. Let's be, let's yeah, be like, honest. I, I feel they truly deserve each other.
2: You can be mad that someone wronged you, even if you have also wronged them.
0: Indeed. Right, but it's so weird that he's framed as being like the bad guy here. And a lot of when this what shit, has happened
1: in this context, a
0: lot of the shit he's saying is like manipulative and weird and uncomfortable. And I don't like it. But if my wife tried to have me killed twice, I would probably ask for a separation. <laughs> it yeah. seems like a
2: good step to take.
1: Veronica wants her parents nonetheless to go to opening night. As a last gesture of goodwill before they separate. All One right. last
2: happy memory.
1: FP comes home with a messed up face. Oh, did you? <laughs> because I have to I was going to was gonna ask here. if you got the quote. I don't know. Don't you worry, my friend. A uh, tweaked out Fizzlehead was playing G&G in the middle of the <laughs> damn road.
2: <laughs> There's so many things in that statement that I absolutely love. Um, my favorite is Fizzlehead. Yeah, that's Gotta pretty good. Be. Well, how are also you playing in G&G the in road. the middle of the damn road? Uh well first of all you're you're a tweaked out fizzlehead so jot that down anything is possible through fizzle rocks It was it
1: was kind of a pointless scene but we got some wound makeup on FP and we explained it with just like the best possible combination of words so like jobs a gooden so, as far as I'm and concerned And
0: they're trying to yes. build up tension again between Gladys and Jughead Yes
1: cuz like oh look this problem comes from her actually Opening night preparations are in full swing, and bugheads show up covered in comedy soot and app. Yeah, my notes say, did they blow up a drug lab? <laughs> it's just so over the top. It's like Looney Tunes when you get the exploding cigar. Yeah, they're just
0: like blinking eyes.
1: We get a flashback to them burning down the trailer and banging
0: one out by arson light. Yeah, Don't so Betty's like a
2: super arsonist now. Uh-huh. She set a lot of fires. She does.
0: Also, they bring Jughead into the final song. Like, in the literal play. Like, <laughs> this wasn't like one of those things where it was operating on the level of, this is a musical, okay, he's like being involved in this because he's emotionally connected. Again, they literally say, no, come onto the stage, it's just a quick costume change.
2: It's you, so You have fucking to say weird. one line and you do a quick costume change, which is not true, by the way. That is not No, no, happened. he's just in the
1: song. Like,
2: yeah, it's so weird.
1: We then get as... You've already intimated what seems to be a final musical number from a musical with all kinds of overlapping Descant style voice stuff and tempo acceleration and stuff like that. And then there's an eerie silence. No one is clapping. Everyone hates it. Everyone hates the musical. Oh no. But one man stands up doing a villain slow clap.
2: I forgot about this fucking reveal Mm -hmm. when
1: I was... And it's none other than Edgar fucking ever never I knew my A real dad would person like at last not just someone who we talk about all so, the time forever I was
0: genuinely wondering if he was never going to show up in the season I was starting yeah, yeah. to believe that I think like it, it was so funnier like if he did I agree but
1: that's <laughs> he's been Macbethian introde more by far than like Three or four Macbeths standing on top of each other's shoulders in a giant trench coat. It's ridiculous at this point. Half the fucking parents, which we now see are wearing the same fucking outfits, are doing the evil villain clap in unison with Ed- Edgar Everett ever That's the end
2: of the
0: okay. episode. And as we get to the end of the episode, I do want to give a quick shout out. I think the final song is the only one that kind of plays. Like, I think it's the only one that kind of hangs together. It's
1: super, super ensemble, which helps disguise the disgusting way that they produce everyone's Exactly, plays.
0: exactly. Like, yeah. it was. it's a song that is almost designed in such a way that unless you're dealing with people who really can't sing, y- you can't really fuck it up.
1: You can cover up for so much. Yeah. So I don't think it's a coincidence that this is the one that was like, ooh, hey, music.
0: Right. But that brings us to the river do's and river oh, don'ts. Uh, who wants to who wants to lead with their river do?
2: No, <laughs> um,
0: no.
1: All right, not, I'll not start. Me. I'll start. Let's see if we can find it. Well, first off, I had sort of a runner-up because this thing that happens at the end was very cool. But my notes say not my real Riverdew. Fuck you. I cannot be hurt again <laughs> because this thing with Edgar Evernever looks real cool. But like they've done so many ends of episodes that look real cool and like an escalation, and they just fucking throw it in the trash immediately. So I'm like, no, this doesn't get to be the Riverdew. Um, wait, where's my real I'm Glad you're learning Riverdue? from
2: the past.
1: Where's my real Riverdew? Shit, do I have one? Uh Uh-oh. 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 I
2: have picked one if you want a second to find it.
1: Um... Um, Oh my god. Oh my god, I forgot to put a real one because this one just pissed me off so much. Oops. Uh, oopsie.
2: (laughs) Oops, no Riverdew.
1: Um i'm gonna go ahead and say that my river and i think i've probably had this before or at least made positive noises about it before is that reggie has self-respect and i like that for him he knows what he wants he knows what he's worth and he's not like willing to put up with bad treatment
2: he might be dumb as shit mm-hmm. but he stands up for himself
1: yeah yeah. yes and i counts like that for something. i like that that's my river because it would be this thing at the end, but I have learned my lesson.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Arlie, what about you?
2: Um, my riverdo is that Cole Sprouse looks very good at the opening of the closing. Is that a... Yeah. That's a terrible way for me to say that sentence. He opens at the close. Um, at the... It tracks. <laughs> yeah. Don't, no Harry Potter references, please. Um, but at the beginning of the opening... Fuck! At the beginning of the closing number, um, right. his hair is, like, like fluffy. Yeah. And he looks good. It looks good. I'm, I'm a Cole Sprouse simp. Uh, that's my Riverdew. And then
0: he puts his beanie on halfway through it.
2: And it's fine, but it was better before.
0: My Riverdew, I think. Again, this was kind of tough to come up with one. Like this this episode was very loud uh, in contrast to the other episodes like murmuring disappointment and so I'm like I'm tempted to say it, it was kind of the um, the divorce I guess it's like okay like that shit's clearly not working Um, and it's not going to pan out in the long run I 100% don't believe that's gonna happen like that's it's not gonna manifest long-term change but she did try to have him killed twice
2: that's true
0: you, got, you know yeah. I gotta say yeah. I don't want to have to hand it to Hiram Lodge, but Hermione did try to have it. killed twice.
1: Sensible move there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh...
0: River don'ts. Oh.
1: What a candy store of possible Ha-ha. options. Ha-ha-ha-ha. I'm gonna say Ha-ha-ha. it's the fact that we're doing a musical reconciliation for Choni, Uh because it's so weird trying to track whether this matters or not and, like, what's real about it or not because, like, if this... Is really them reconciling for real and not just musical bullshit? What have we been doing for the last several episodes? Like, what the fuck has been the point of any of this misery? This is gonna... Uh, Because they they haven't done anything. They haven't changed anything about how they do stuff or what their relationship is. It just goes from not being okay to being okay. But if this doesn't matter, if this is just musical bullshit, why the fuck are you wasting our time? So, like, it doesn't really—either way, it's bad.
0: Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna have some commentary on that in a minute, <laughs> for sure.
1: So that's my Riverdome. It's just, like, it's impossible to tell if this matters or not, but it, but either way, it just Because, like, the
0: lead-up and the framing before the singing was very genuine, I got the sense, like, to their character. Like, it felt like, okay, this is Cheryl and Tony talking— and then the mm-hmm. musical reconciliation happens, which leads me to believe, okay, this is a genuine reconciliation. Like this is happening in the narrative, but I don't fucking know. Um,
1: yeah, who knows? It's very, very weird. Arlie, what sucked?
2: Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with the absolutely obscene hair whip sounds that happen throughout the episode.
1: Yeah, I um, mean they're very noticeable. They, they, they really were funny, insist on themselves. but also
2: like why <laughs> why is it happening also i would like to give an honorable mention uh as a river because i forgot about this until i was rereading my notes to the line um that i believe that reggie says uh which is, we're just two single straight dudes doing musical theater <laughs> 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 because my immediate thought afterwards was five feet apart and they're not gay um, yeah. because I have internet brainworms, but uh, yes, I thought that was very funny. So that's gonna be my honorable mention for river do's but anyways, yes, my River don't is the terrible hair whip sounds um that are almost exclusively yes. reserved for Tony throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was a uh, thing noticed by either of you, but I mm-hmm. noticed it, and it was um. I certainly
1: noticed them happening yeah. like that.
2: It was mostly yeah. Tony. Uh, or maybe a couple that weren't for her, but
0: a, b- a bad scene all around. I think we can agree. Uh, yeah. So mine, I'm going to start with a runner-up, and that is the continued characterization and like the egregious amount of sheer abusiveness that Cheryl displays in this episode. She literally expels Tony.
2: That's not a thing she can do, or at the very least, should make Tony be a super horny, though.
0: Do. Yeah, no, it, it gets her going. um... So, that's,
1: so their their Sorry. foreplay now uh list, if you list it out, includes uh staged break ins and casing of casinos and expulsion.
0: And then my my actual River Don't, which I it ties into what you were talking about, Rob. Especially when you say if they are back together like what's the point like what have we been doing Mm -hmm. is this is when i was talking about how this episode retroactively makes the episode that preceded it worse because the entire episode is arranging like, both those two incredibly manufactured, uncomfortable relationship drama subplots, it turns out it was so that they could do musical numbers, um, which then ended <laughs> yeah. with them mostly back in the same configuration at the end of of the musical. And by the same configuration, I mean the thing at the top of the episode before. Like, mm-hmm. and so yeah. th- they were doing so much twisting of the characters and of the overall movement of the plot, like, again, on a, a multi-episode level across at least two episodes, in order to set this stuff up, and it was not it's fitting in these- worth it! Are you fucking no. kidding me?
1: If if fitting into these musical roles is the thing that gets them to think ahead more than the end of just one episode, how infuriating is that? Because there are reasons to think ahead when you're writing a TV show, and Riverdale has not been compelled by any of them recently. I'm
0: not gonna lie, I am frankly terrified of what they're going to do next season to one of my favorite musicals. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I, Holy it's, shit! It's they it's do. Gonna ha- be bad. Oh
2: no! It's gonna be bad. Oh no! There are such delicate subjects in that musical that I've. They're just simply not going to handle it well at all. Nope. It's yeah. That
1: I felt like somebody just walked over my grave.
2: And you, you know, it's just. Because there's a song in that musical called Wicked Little Town. You fucking know that's the reason why they picked that. And Terrible. like, they can't... What are they going to do Hamilton? They can't
0: even do most of the songs. I can't even entertain that thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, Hedwig and the Angry Inch has definitely wormed Nightmare. its way into my brain at such a fundamental level that I think about it literally every time I do laundry. Because mm-hmm. I do laundry and then... I move stuff from the washing machine into the dryer. And then I hear Hedwig screaming in my ear, you can't put a bra in the dryer. They warp. Uh,
2: I have not actually seen or heard this. It's been ago. many
0: years
1: since I've seen um, it, but it's pretty good.
2: All of my knowledge is secondhand.
1: It is shockingly inappropriate for use on Riverdale. So that'll be,
2: that's not fun. something that yeah, you should it, like, run. extremely adult themes? There's
0: a lot of talk oh, yeah. about very explicit sex. Um, like it, it's incredibly adult themed. Yes, like a uh, high school should not so it's be also running. really this. like heartbreaking
1: and dark in yes. places too. Like so great, great stuff.
0: Ah, uh. so yeah, my my don't to sum it up, is the way they orchestrated all this stuff in a way that broke like a bunch of the characters and a bunch of like the plotting and pacing. Oh, so yeah. that they could do this one episode, and over the course of the episode, just kind of, like, resolve it or tie it back up musically. Yeah.
2: They didn't even, like, address, even a little bit, the plot of Heather's The Musical.
0: I didn't Fuck know you. what was going, because, like, somebody died, like, somebody commits suicide in this musical. I wouldn't have known that.
1: No, no. Weekly Weird. Yeah, Weekly Weirds, yeah. folks. Uh, mine's easy. We've kind of been through it. It's the formal presentation of reality in this episode, is my weekly weird. At any time, you kind of can't tell what's real and what's not, because they seem to not be consistent about whether it's Heather's the Musical or a musical episode of Riverdale about Heather's the Musical or a musical episode of Riverdale about Riverdale. And it seems to just kind of, like, be more of one of those than another, scene to scene.
0: Which, again, makes it really hard to track when you're following the musical form, when you, you've got people, like, shifting between characters like this, and it's not being done intentionally, it's not being done in a it's way just to provoke thought, um or to, like, make a statement about the way that the form works, but you're not sure if emotional realizations or arcs or, um, like, modes of, of being or considerations are, like, who they're actually happening for, like is this a thing that's happening because Heathers, or is this a thing that's happening using Heathers as a framing device for the character to go through that thing? And it's never clear. And so at the end, you don't come out knowing what has changed.
2: If you don't know the plot of Heathers... Going into this, you do not know the plot of Heathers coming out of it. Yeah, no. Even a little bit. And, like, I haven't seen the musical. I haven't seen the musical, but I've seen the movie, so I have a vague knowledge of, like, again, the plot of Heathers. At no point. Someone is playing JD. Who the fu- Who? What? What? Oh, um, That's never- Like, it's, it's mentioned once, because, yeah, JD's a main character. And then no one ever talks about it again for the rest of the episode.
1: And, like- in terms of Riverdale, you have to watch the next episode to see what of this stuck. Yep. Like, You can't actually, like, you are unable, leaving off of this episode, to form a coherent idea of what is happening in Riverdale at this point. You need to wait till the next episode for the other shoe to drop so you can figure out what the fuck's going on. And that is very weird. Uh, It's a weird feeling in my brain. And they
0: didn't even communicate anything interesting thematically with it. Like, they didn't make a statement about the world, or the characters, or the story, or, like, our world, or... Anything. It was just slippery goopy use.
2: The carry episode was far from perfect, but it at least like had some plot development in it.
0: Yes they worked way better and like they definitely did some weird stuff to alice's character to get her to line up with things yeah uh but that was like but a like, whole the season plot level in
2: that episode yeah was pretty good mm-hmm. um and also it tied into the black hood stuff and whew.
1: yes those halcyon days of season two of
0: riverdale Jeez, so cursed. arlie what was your weekly weird
2: oh fuck all of it um uh- <laughs> the the entire that's that's kind of the
0: cop out that i did (laughs)
2: um i mean it's it was all so bizarre um i feel like it really has to be though the sweet peaches uh the sweet peaches if you will and tony thing that happened but not really um and also jordan connor is standing jordan o'connor whatever the actor that plays sweet pea standing there like a 10 year old boy even though he's like 62 yeah. um it was very funny um
1: like he he manifested but, child energy to the same uh vigor that Joaquin recently yeah, uh, did. yeah energy same vibe no he
2: different vibe but same like, vibe like
1: like perfect body language uh control he made yeah. himself so small
2: yeah yeah he looked like a little puppy uh Um Yeah, that was that was probably the closest to an actual weekly weird that I'm gonna get. Um and I, I really am kinda copping out with that because that was just the point at which I was screaming at my TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well you um, know. So it got the most reaction out of me, so I guess it counts as my weekly weird. Mm.
1: So Quinn, what stirred
2: your goop this episode? <laughs> Terrible! Yeah. Never say that again, please.
0: My weekly weird is the implied desecration of the American flag. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> why is that not a river do
0: <laughs> because it's just weird like the american flag is just hanging on the trailer it's there's it's like a small piece of set design and then they go oh, and they get real um hot about it when they blow up and burn the trailer and i'm like wait They they exploded the trailer. I don't think they took care of the flag. They desecrated the American flag. This is so funny to me. Yeah, it is really funny.
2: Man, do you think someone got fired for that? Uh,
1: Bughead foreplay greater than choney foreplay. I've got to say, expulsion roleplay and uh, robbery roleplay are not nearly as good as flag burning.
0: (laughs) It it got me. It got me.
1: It's very good. Uh, well this one was okay, this episode also sucked, but it was easier to survive than the last few episodes, folks. Like it, it entertained. It it made us uh, go wah, and have our cartoon eyeballs pop out and stuff. So that was so that was very
0: good. Yeah, I mean it was as bad an episode as almost any we've seen, but it was bad loudly.
1: And yes, bump. Yeah, thank god. And thank God, they've turned the volume back up
0: again. Yeah. Cuz
2: it's before the prior episodes had just been kind of like, uh, we were just digging
0: around for scraps. Yeah, Where's my meat, we would say. <laughs> um, and there was no meat to be found, but there a uh, wow. there's a lot of And this um, this one, this one this one was thick slabs. The meat was purple and it was oozing. Um uh, yeah, uh,
2: but we found a poison
0: it substance pretty easily. Um, but I ate it greedily and my stomach hurts. <laughs> yes, yeah. thank you for
1: doing that for us, Quinn, and for for the world. Uh, yeah, that was that was an episode. We're uh, fuck. What's the next one? Uh, uh the raid. <laughs> oh right, yeah. So fuck. Rivers is going be back next time with the fucking raid,
2: folks. I've been Rob. Yeah, I've been Quinn. Hi.